On today's podcast, we have Jason Ludwig, assistant coach for Santa Clara University. Uh, we talk about his days as a student manager, how he was able to climb up the scale within the basketball ranks, what are some of the things that he's doing within the Latino basketball community. This is an awesome podcast. If you're a basketball coach, uh, make sure you follow him on Instagram at LABC underscore basketball. That's his Latino basketball association that he talks about during this podcast so give them a follow um, and register as a latino basketball coach within that latino basketball coaches instagram um, this is one amazing podcast uh, thanks again jason for coming through to the pod uh, just another reminder make sure you're listening to us on all your platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, on Spotify and on SoundCloud, you know, subscribe to those um, Shoot the Rock podcasts, subscribe, rate us with a five star or whatever many stars that you feel that we deserve. But thank you guys for checking with us. Thank you always for rocking with Shoot the Rock podcast. Let's get it. You have just tuned in to the Shoot the Rock podcast. Who they rocking with, Joe? Who they rocking with? What up and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, a.k.a. The Commission, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. Coach Z, a.k.a. So Big Yet So Sweet, a.k.a. The Latino Bleacher Report. Today we have a special guest, um, good friend of ours, uh, good friend of the pod, Jason Ludwig, a.k.a. JL, a.k.a. JL Hoops. AKA uh, assistant coach at Santa Clara University. What up, Jace? Robert, thank you so much for having me. Uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to talk to me here. Man, thank you for, for taking your time to uh, come through to the pod. So just real quick, kind of jumping into it. Um, it's the end of the month and you finished off your season at Santa Clara and then this goes down. What, what happens and what transpires um, with your basketball program, what did, what are your players doing right now? Yeah, great question. You know, the, obviously this is uh, unprecedented. Uh, we've never seen anything like this uh, in our lifetimes. So um, yeah, it kind of took us all by surprise. Uh, but you know, we, we've we've made the most of it. Uh, uh, when it all kind of first went down, we weren't sure how long this thing was going to last. So we had our guys kind of stick around uh, and finish up finals. We're in the quarter system, so we finish up uh the winter quarter uh like around middle like end of march middle middle to end of march so we had our guys stick around for about a week or two finish up finals and then we sent everybody home uh with with the hope or the intention that maybe we get the get the guys back uh, you know after a few weeks if things if things got better but unfortunately they didn't and things continue to get worse so we ended up uh allowing our guys just to all stay home right now so it, it's it's really um it's really a unique time. Uh, we we're in uncharted territory, and we're just kind of kind of playing it by ear. And, and we're all our guys are home right now. We're trying to stay connected with them. We do our our Zoom calls, and uh, and then and then you know try to give them as much guidance as possible. Now, not everybody has weights. Not everybody has a gym. So everybody's just trying to make the most of, of what they have. Whether it's doing body weight stuff on their own, whether if it's trying to sneak into a gym here and there. Uh, some guys have access. Some guys don't. So. Uh, it's kind of you know. It, it, I think really it, it, it's it's uh, up to the individual. And then the NCAA has rules in place where we can't make things mandatory. So um, all we can do is kind of suggest and guide the guys. Uh, 
but it, it can't it can't really come from us. So guys got to be motivated. Guys got to do it on their own. And uh, but I think our guys have, have handled it really well. Uh, we've uh, I think guys are are taking advantage, trying to take advantage of this time the best they can, and still still trying to stay in shape, put in work, and, and doing their best to to maintain uh, or get better. Yeah, and and being in Cal- you know that's that's. Um... You know, just the way uh, the way this thing went down. You know, we we shut down March Madness, and then as the weeks progress, you know, it's like, oh well, maybe at the end of May, and then oh maybe at the end of June, and now we're looking at in, in California, uh, LA County, it's looking like uh, all the way through August. And I know um, you're a local guy uh, from Los Angeles, Montebello, California, and you've had your JL hoops camps, so that's also affected that. Uh, talk to me a little bit about. Um, you know, your your time growing up in Montebello and you hosting these free basketball camps. I know it's kind of one of those things. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, um, maybe doing some type of alternative uh, thing for your basketball camp. I know I mentioned it, but um, I don't know. Is that something that you're going to uh, look into? And, um, you know, how's, how's the JL Hoops um, thing going to happen um, this summer? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, good, good question. So, you know, I'll start back kind of growing up in Montebello and uh you know you and I both kind of grew up in similar uh type of neighborhoods where uh you know there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity uh when it when it came to, to athletics and, and especially basketball you know I know that you know I, I had coaches that were great guys and good mentors and good people but really didn't have the the insight to help guide the youth and really get, get even put it in our mind that Hey, we can use sports. We can use basketball as an opportunity to to get a free education or to you know get out of, get out of the the, the the area and 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 make something of ourselves. And um, so it was you know like growing up, I, I had like no idea that like you could even like like I, I knew guys play college basketball, but like I didn't know anybody that did it. I didn't know anybody that coached. Like I just didn't even know that it was a you know it was something that I could even do. I thought oh well, you know. That can't have. I can't do that. That's you know. That's for someone who's you know. I don't you know. It was in like, another it was, area. It who, was like high school, and then that's it. Like yeah, that was, was like, the extent like, of your your basketball playing careers. You know, no question. Like high school was, was everything, and yeah. And um, I I was really fortunate that you know, in addition to to playing playing basketball and baseball, I was a good student. So I, I had another outlet. I had another way out, and and um, you know. I finished through Marlboro High School and, you know, was a good high school basketball player. And, and it was unfortunate because I, I had a lot of friends that, you know, maybe were not good enough to play at UCLA, but certainly could have had a college career at Whittier College or Laverne or Occidental or Cal State Dominguez Hills or, you know, or, or different places where they could have gotten uh, an education and played basketball at the same time. Yeah. And uh, but but there was no, you know, we just didn't know. We didn't even know it was a possibility. So, um, you know, I, I was fortunate to, to get really good grades and and out of, out of high school, you know, I pretty much thought my, my high school career was over. I had I had uh, an opportunity to go play at Occidental or Claremont McKenna, but I always wanted to go to UCLA. So I ended up going to UCLA. And, I, you know, I don't know if, if, if you know this story, but it, it happened kind of by accident. I, w- I ended up becoming roommates with, with Dijon Thompson, who was one of the incoming freshmen at, on the UCLA basketball team. And him and I became good friends, along with Seth Bozeman. We're all the same year. And through through Dijon, he helped me become a student manager at UCLA. And when uh, when I got hired as a student manager, it opened up my eyes to a whole new world of basketball. I had no idea. Like it was, you know, now I'm 
on the floor here with with guys that are going to be future NBA players with with unbelievable coaches and then Ben Howland comes in my junior year and and he's he's the one that kind of you know he became my mentor and became the guy that that uh that really inspired me to be a coach so so uh so that that's how I got my start to coaching and you know to to go back to your question how did the whole JL hoops thing start well well because of my experience at UCLA I was like you know I I had been exposed to a whole new world of basketball and a whole new world where, hey, you don't have to be six, nine and athletic to be a part of basketball. You could be uh, you could be a coach. You could be a trainer. You could be a, um, an academic coordinator. You could be a video coordinator. There are so many other jobs uh, in the world of basketball that didn't that, that, where you didn't need to necessarily be a, a division one athlete or a future NBA player. Right. And so. So, so I was like, well, shoot, you know what? Like, I, I had a little brother growing up at the time, and he was in junior high while I was there. And I said, you know what? I, I want to give back. I want to give back this knowledge that I've gained here during my time at UCLA, working with the basketball program and now coaching, and help these kids understand that, hey, like, basketball can be an unbelievable outlet for you. Like, like even if you're not good enough to go play at UCLA, you can play at other places. You could um, – you know, you you could use basketball to, to get a free education, or 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 even or even better yet, use basketball as a way to stay out of trouble and to stay on track to, to get a to, to get a better education. So um, so what I started doing, I started coaching my little brother's basketball team. He was like in seventh grade at the time, and uh, started coaching with George Zidane, who runs Veritas Prep, um, who who is you know has been involved in the Latino basketball community. Mm-hmm. So we started coaching together when he was in seventh and eighth grade, and we, we kind of started coaching this whole group of kids, and they, they all ended up staying at Montebello High School together, and, and a bunch of them ended up going to play college basketball. Um, we had a kid that went to Humboldt State, we had a kid that went to I think South uh, Southeastern Oklahoma State uh, Division Two down there. We had um, you know a couple kids that went to junior junior college to play basketball. So it was it, it was it was really good. And then so during this time, I said, well, what else can I do? You know, I'm coaching these kids, but I'm only impacting you know, maybe, you know, 10 of them at a time, what else can I do? I said, well, you know, let me, let me run a, a free basketball camp in the community. And, and I, you know, I don't know how it was in, in Bell Gardens or that area, but like in Montebello, there was no basketball camps. Like there was no camps. There was nothing. There was nothing like that. And, and if you wanted to get better growing up, I mean, what did you do? You, you had to go play on the streets and you better, you know, you, hopefully there would be an older guy there that, uh, that could guide you and help you and teach you some things. But you know, there was no, there was no YouTube. Uh, there was nothing like you kind of just had to figure it out on your own yeah. and you had to learn from the guys that came before you. But, but there wasn't, you know, there, there wasn't a great culture of basketball in Montebello. So you were left on your own. Um, so, so I said, well, you know what? Like I want to run a basketball camp cause I had run the basketball, helped run the basketball camps at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And I just saw how impactful that was for all these kids. What a great experience these kids were having, how much better these kids got, even in just a week, a week's time going to camp. So I started running these camps and, and, um, you know, started off first camp, you know, maybe 30, 40 kids. And, uh, and, and, and we just had great, um, a great reaction to it. The kids in the community loved it. And, and I've been doing it ever since. So this, this year would have been the, the 15th year in a row uh, of doing the basketball camps. And we've been, we've grown to camps where we've had over a hundred kids and it's been, it's been an unbelievable experience. And, and like the, the best part about it has been that, like the kids are so receptive they're so thankful they're so appreciative because there's nothing else like it in the community and um you know and and that's that's been very fulfilling to to 
to be able to go out and get back and and, and hopefully help these kids in, in whether it's in basketball and and, and uh, or in life just to give these guys a, a an example of someone that that has been able to use basketball to to have a, a, a great career and, and great experiences yeah and and coming from the the UCLA um, roots and background you know for sure it gives you um, credibility uh, you're from the community which gives it more and then you look like them and you're from that community so so for them it's it's someone to be able to attain like I can do like coach Ludwig you know and kind of just going back to the to the glamour of the student manager um, you know I think <laughs> and I say glamour because people are probably looking at it like, man, I don't want that job. Like, that's that's a tough job. How tough of a job was that? I mean, I know if I was, you know, if if anyone's doing that job, it's it's work. Like, what are some of the things that you did as a student manager? And how did you go from a student manager to the video coordinator a couple years later? Because I'm sure, you know, other people had the opportunity. But what did you do different? Um, during your time as a student manager and what what were some of the things that that you said you know what I can I can slide in right here you know and I think that's what it is you know you find your little spot and I think for sure not that you found a little spot but but you said this is an avenue this is a lane I can go in and I'm gonna just go head on so what did yeah, you no, yeah no yeah gr- great great question great question um so you know being a manager I, I think it was obviously a very difficult job because it's demanding you you're there you're there even longer than the players you're there before practice during practice after practice and i think the mentality that i had that i was taught early on by some of the some of the guys that i had worked with is no job is too small and if you go into that job with the mindset that man if my job is to rebound for the best player man i want to rebound like if it's the most important job of the program and, and if you go in with that mindset that no job is too small and every job that you do matters everything counts then then you're gonna have success and i, I think you could carry that in, into whatever you do in life you know no matter where you are where you start like no job is too small like as soon as you start to think you're better than a job better than than the responsibilities then i think you get into some trouble and uh so so so, so that's the mindset I had. And, and man, it, it was, you know, rebounding for guys. It was doing laundry. It was wiping up sweat off the floor. It was, you know, running errands for, for the, for the coaches. Um, I mean, you name it, I did it. It didn't, yeah. it didn't matter. Whatever, like our job was to let the coaches coach and the players play. And we took care of everything else, taking stats during practice, running the clock, uh, you know, making sure the court was set up. Uh, I mean, everything that, that you you could ever imagine that, that you would need to do before, during, or after practice, we took care of it. And, uh, you know, I did it for four years. And um, it was it was a great experience because each year I learned more. Each year I gained more responsibility, uh, even to the point where I was able to get in practice a lot of times and play dummy defense or run scout offense or whatever it was. And, and it was a it was a great experience to be able to be on the on the court front and center uh, in, in in front of a high level Division One basketball program, and I think that really really helped me, uh, un, you know, learn the game and and understand that hey, this is something that that I can do. And and, and that uh, was and that and that was one of those things that Ben Howland at the time probably saw of you, and and was able to extend that or or provide that uh, video coordinator position. No question. So my junior year, uh, Ben Howland came came. 
came in as the head coach at UCLA. And, you know, before he got there, to be honest, I didn't really have any interest in, in coaching. I love basketball. I wanted to play. But but that, that's where my interest stopped. So he came in, and, and, and honestly, in those first, those first three to four weeks that he was in, I had just learned. I learned so much more about the game. I, I, I didn't even know some of the like the things that he was teaching. I just didn't even know they existed. And it was just an eye-opening experience for me. So I started to look at the game from a different perspective, less from a player's perspective and more as a, in a coaching perspective. Uh, but even then, I wasn't completely sold that I wanted to be a coach. But I did it for, the, for my junior and senior year and had a, a great experience and worked really hard, earned, earned Coach uh, Howland's trust. And, and, and had a, a great relationship with him and the rest of the coaching staff and the players. And once I graduated, I actually left for like six months and I went to go work at, at a financial consulting firm and thought that that's the direction I wanted to go. But during that summer, I think it was the summer of probably 2005 or six, um, I, I promised uh, Doug Erickson, who used to run the camps at UCLA, that I was going to go back and work camp. So I went back and I worked camp for a week and I hadn't been on campus in, you know, like I said, five, six months. And I, I, I stepped back on the campus and man, I just, I was like, this is where I want to be. Like I, you, it was just one of those moments where like, you know, you just, you just know like, okay, like this is what I want to do. I don't want to be a financial consultant. I, I want to, I want to be a part of basketball. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how I don't, real, real life, real work nine to five hits you quick, huh? It does. It, it was. It, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was like nothing I had done before, and it was. Uh, you know, I mean, it, there was some good things about it, but it wasn't basketball. Yeah. It wasn't basketball, and I, so I went back after camp. I went. I went and talked to Coach Howell, and I said, "Hey, Coach, I want to. I want to. I want to be a coach. Like, what, what can I do? Can I volunteer? Like, what can I do? How can I get? How can I get into college basketball?" And he gave me my first shot. He said, "Okay, well, I want you to volunteer uh, this season." Um, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be our, our volunteer assistant. So I uh, so I found uh, I found a part time job. I found a part time job working in uh, working in the ticket office selling football and basketball tickets for UCLA uh, in the in the marketing department from you know uh, eight a.m. to noon. Spent the rest of the day uh, working with the basketball team in, in the office at practice. Coach Allen paid out of his own pocket for me to travel because I earned his trust enough where I was really good with the video stuff and he wanted me on the road so I could help help break down film and be there in the film sessions and, and, and you know and, and, and do that job and and then in the, and then uh, I, a buddy of mine let me stay in his little apartment uh, on the couch so I didn't have to pay rent so I walked to work every day he lived across the street from campus I, I lived on his couch and I did that for a season and that's how I got my first start and uh and then, and we were really good at the time. I mean, we were number one in the country. We had Russell Westbrook. We had Aaron Aflalo. I mean, we were really, really good. So, so that that part made it a little easier. Uh, we ended up going to the Final Four and losing to Florida in the um, in the semifinals. But uh, but right after that, Kerry Keating, who's our assistant coach, got the head coaching job at Santa Clara, and he hired me as his video coordinator. So I, I went up to Santa Clara for two years. And one year as the video guy, next year as the ops, and then I got hired back at UCLA as the video coordinator and then director of scouting and player development. So uh, how so, different? How different was it? Because you, this is right now you're currently at Santa Clara, but this is your second stint at Clara, Santa Clara. Correct. How was how was that first like time to to step away from from UCLA? You're like, you know what? I I, I learned enough because at that point, you know, um, you're at UCLA, you've earned your stripes, you've done your thing. 
and then it's kind of like you're you're leaving the nest you know you're leaving a place that you've seen and known basketball and now it's a whole different how different was the dynamic at santa clara which isn't ucla you know i i really it was really a great experience i think i learned i think i learned more about coaching in the game after i left because it, it was different like yeah. like you had to like at UCLA we were we were so good when you have really good players like that I mean we were well coached and it was a great experience but man like now you go to Santa Clara and we were built we were trying to build something there and you don't have Russell Westbrook on your team you don't have Aaron Aflalo so that's when you have to get more creative you know you have to work harder you have to get more creative I mean you really have to figure out ways to to, to win basketball games and I think I, I think that uh, being away from UCLA helped me grow even more as a coach uh, because you don't have the allure of those four letters. You don't have, you know, kids kids dream of going to UCLA. They don't they, they didn't dream of going to to Santa Clara, and so so it, it was a completely different uh, a, a different monster that you had to attack. Uh, but but I welcomed it and it was a great experience. And I learned so much. And especially being my first paid position in college basketball, um, you know, I was so excited and uh, and 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 really uh, just hit the ground running for sure. And then and then, uh, as you said, you know, you 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 moved to Santa Clara, you ended up at Mississippi State, you ended up at, at not ended up, but you you moved your your talents to Mississippi State, um, to Arizona State, and now you're back at Santa Clara. And I've noticed, you know, um, in in one of um, uh, on, on the Instagram and on, on the internet, you know, I saw that you're one of the top uh, impactful mid-major assistant coaches. Like, so you've you've put all the groundwork. You started from a volunteer. So like, like you got like that that success story. And and it's not that you've stopped or, or that you've you've reached an apex, but but you're moving towards that, and you're and you're starting to be recognized by by people in the thing. But the difference is that I see is that that you're you're continuing to give back with the JL hoops, and and now I see uh, a couple years ago I remember you were doing the young coaches social at the Final Four, and then now you're doing the the LABC, which is the Latino Association of Basketball Coaches. So you're you're finding like-minded people. You're finding the Latino culture. You're finding all these things. Talk to me about, you know, the Young Coaches Social and then talk to me about the, the LABC. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one thing I learned early in this business is that it's all about relationships. And the more well, the, the, the better you're connected, the more opportunities that you're going to have. Now, you know, it, it, um, relationships are important. They're going to give you the opportunities. But then it's your hard work and what you know that's going to that's gonna keep you there and move, and move you forward. Uh, so because of that, you know, I was always thinking, trying to figure out ways to continue to expand and network because I didn't, I didn't like grow up from about like in a basketball family. Like I didn't have a dad who was a coach. I didn't have like I started with nothing. Like I came in there with not knowing anybody. So I felt like I had to kind of do more and go above and beyond the normal person to to, to be connected and, and and to meet people and and, and to to advance in this business. So. Uh, about shoot maybe 10 years ago now mm-hmm. i think this would have been the 10th year uh we i started i think it was yeah it was 2010 i started the young coaches social and it started with an idea of just getting uh, all of our young coaches together because we go to the final four we'd all be at different places and we'd all try to get everybody in one place trying to text everybody 
so then I said, well, you know what? Why don't we just try to, um, why don't we try to set up an event where we ha- we invite all the young coaches that, that we're connected with and invite them to one spot so we can network, connect, hang out. We'll, we'll bring in some some uh, you know head coaches to to highlight the event. And, uh, and we did it in Detroit. In 2010 in Detroit, we started our first one. We had Bruce Pearl, Coach Howling came, and uh, and we had probably like 50, 60 guys. And, and, it, and it was way bigger than I expected. I thought it was going to be, you know, 20, 30. It ended up being about 50 or 60 people. And, and it and, took and off these from co- there. And these coaches, were they were they in, in college ranks, high school ranks? What yeah, were the ranks on that? Pri- primarily college coaches. Okay. So it was like all the GAs, the video coordinators, the director of ops, the young assistants. It, it was all those guys. Okay. And, and uh, you know, it, it, because I, I don't know if, if, if people don't, if, if, if you're if you're not aware, like at the final four, there's all these functions and these parties and stuff. But unless you're connected, like especially as a young guy, if you're a young guy, it's hard to get into the Adidas party. It's hard to get into the, um, you know, the, the CAA party. The You know, it's really hard to get into those parties, the, the pump party. Unless you're connected, it's really hard to get into those. So there's really nowhere for these young assistants to go except hang out at the bars and stuff. Um, so I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to give something. I, I want to create an event for these young guys who maybe can't get into the pump party or the Adidas party and they can come and I'll get sponsors and we can all hang out and network. And it'll be a great opportunity to, to, uh, to connect, to connect all these coaches. So, so that's what we did. And, and, and it's, and it grew. I mean, it, it got to the point where now we're, we're getting three to 400 coaches in attendance every year. And I'm not necessarily young anymore. So, I, uh, you know, it's good to be able to see all these young guys come up, and it's it's been amazing. I'm gonna tell you what, there's guys, literally guys, who have who have gotten jobs in college basketball because they attended the event and were able to network with with someone that was able to help them get a job. So it, it, it's been, um, you know, it's it, it's been a great opportunity for not only myself to meet all these different people, but others to be able to network and, and help themselves out in, in advancing their career. So so you do, you do this thing, and you know, you, you mentioned the pump party. Um, I know you 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 head coach the double pump uh, basketball team that had Paul George and Clay Thompson. Was that like because before that you had said you hadn't been in coaching, you hadn't been doing any of these things, and you didn't realize you were in coaching. Was coaching those uh, that double pump uh, team in 2007 was that like your first head coaching experience? Shoot, I, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Um... So how overwhelming? I mean, I mean, I'm not overwhelming because Paul George and Clay Thompson weren't the Paul George and Clay Thompson that they yeah. are now. So, so how was so, that? Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, it's actually it's, it's a funny story. So um, after I after I I left finished UCLA in that that 07 year went to the Final Four, um, I didn't get hired at Santa Clara until like September. So that whole summer. I, I was uh, Ben Howland said, "Hey, you need to go work with the Pumps, and you're you're going to go coach one of their teams. I think that'll be a great opportunity for you." So I talked to the Pumps, and they they hired me. And I, so I was I, I was no longer coached at worked at UCLA, and I and I coached with the Pumps. Now, so I, the, I had the, this, the Pumps is a, a prestigious uh, AAU program, just for those. Yeah, guys. so so, so the, yeah, so the, so the pump and run, double pump. They had one of the premier travel ball AAU programs in the entire country. They've had guys like James Harding, Gilbert Arenas, Lorenzo, George, Lorenzo, had Lorenzo, had, Lorenzo Mata had mentioned that last time he was yeah. on the pod. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, Lorenzo was on the team, of course. So they so they have the premier grassroots AAU basketball program in, in the entire West Coast, if not the country. So I go coaching their team, and they have two teams. Like They're so powerful and good that they have two teams. 
So because I'm this young guy just out of college, like, well, we're not going to give you the first team. We're going to let you coach the second team. The first team had Drew Holiday. He was the Drew Holiday, Larry Drew. Uh, they were the kind of the, the top two guys in that team. And then on my team, I had the second team. There was really no one that had any Pac-12 interest. Uh, guys were getting recruited more at the mid-major level. And I just happened to have Paul George and Clay Thompson on my team. And, and I didn't, you know, I, I thought they would, they were good players. I thought that they were going to be good college players, but never in a million years that I think that they were going to go on to be NBA all-stars and be the, the, the superstars that they are today. And uh, so, so, you know, I coached the team like, you know, like, like, like fair and normal. And, you know, I, 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 it was just, it was just, I was just coaching them. I, I didn't think anything of it. I, I put, I did the preparation like I would when, like that I learned when I was at UCLA I give it my best effort. I, you know, I, I, I coached them hard and fairly, and, and and we, you know, I thought I did a good job with them, and uh, and established a great relationship with all the guys on the team, and, and I think I thought there was a great mutual respect, and uh, so so I had an an, an awesome uh, summer, spring and summer coaching those guys. I mean, it, it was crazy because Paul George came from Palmdale. He had never even been on a flight before. So I remember we're we're getting ready to go play at the Pit Jam in Pittsburgh. So we're flying out of LAX. And I'm like walking with Paul and he's like, like, oh, I've never been on a plane. What do I do? So I have to walk with him and say, hey, Paul, OK, listen, so we're going to get to security. You got to take off your shoes. You got to put your, you know, your, your, your stuff in the security thing. You got to, you know, take off your jacket, put it in. Like he didn't know any of this stuff. He didn't know how to like check in. So I'm like teaching Paul like how to check in at the airport um, so he can get on his first flight that he's ever been on in his life. So, uh, you know, so I, I, there's a lot of great memories like that. You know, we're going on just different places, going on the road, eating with, eating with the team, coaching the team, playing against. I remember playing against um, uh, in, in in the uh, Cactus Cactus Classic in, in, in Tucson. You know, we, we had a game against uh, against uh, Belmont Shores, and they had Brandon Jennings and Demar Derozan. And man, I mean, those guys those guys were highly touted at the time. They were you know, top 50 recruits in the country and, and Paul and Clay weren't. And I mean, we went at them and it was a close game and they ended up beating us. But, but I remember specifically how, you know, Paul George and Clay Thompson did a great job guarding DeMar DeRozan. And then Brandon Jennings was the one that went off and, and uh, hit three threes in a row to, to finally beat us. But, uh, but it was a, it was a great summer and a gr- great experience just to learn the ins and outs of grassroots basketball and, 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 uh, you know, develop relationships in, in, in that part of, of, of basketball. Yeah, and and kind of guiding back to the the relationship wise, um, you, so you do the youth, uh, the young coaches, um, social, and now you you're right now you're you're posting on Twitter and you're you're getting more uh, acclaimed um, Latino coaches. So you know, kind of jumping back on that that boat, um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the uh, Latino bas- the Latino Association basketball coaches uh, thing that you got going on. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh... You know, I, it, it all started, uh, you know, probably about seven, eight years ago. I, I knew there was uh, a buddy of mine actually helped me. This guy Leor, who who's a high school coach in Los Angeles now. He's he's half Argentinian, and uh, you know, we're both young coaches coming up through the ranks. Um, I think he was at Northridge at the time, and I was uh, at either at, I think I was at UCLA uh, back at UCLA, and you know, I saw that there was a Black Coaches Association. And a Jewish coaches association. And I said, "Well, shoot, there's no, like, there's no Latino coaches association. Like, there, like, like, there's no one for me to look up to. There's no one for me to, like, like, there's no network for me to to be a part of. Like, they'd have an annual meeting at the Final Four. 
so like there's this whole group of black coaches and Jewish coaches that would get together and, and I saw that they have like you know they have this camaraderie they have this connection they help each other they, they, they they're able to, to connect with each other I was like well shoot like why don't we have that so I started looking around yeah sure enough there's no there's no Latino coaches association so Leo and I decided you know what let's start it let's do it so we we decided at the final four that we were going to have like a, a meeting and it ended up being like so we try to reach out to as many people as we could whoever we knew that might be latino and uh and, and we probably had i don't know maybe 12 12 people show up and, and i actually had the help of a guy named terry Layton. he actually uh passed away a couple years ago of cancer and, and he was a very special friend a great man who he he actually worked for Nike and was in charge of Latin American basketball for Nike. So his responsibility was to go to all parts of Latin America and know know who's who in, uh, as far as players. So he was very well connected. He knew everybody in the Latino basketball world, especially in Latin America. So I met him and he really really helped me get connected and started connecting me to different people to 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 uh, different coaches. And he helped. He kind of helped me spearhead it and, and, and get it going. And he was he was just so he was so helpful to me in, in connecting with me with, with with so many people. And so we did it that first year. We only had like you know like 10, 12 people. It wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. But the big thing was Frank Martin showed up, and Frank Martin spoke. And he's like, "Listen, no one's ever really tried to do this. This is awesome. How can I help? Like I'm here at your disposal. Whenever you need me, if you need me, to, I'm gonna come back every year." You need me to, to speak, to call anybody, I'm all in. So I think that really made all the difference in the world to have some a, a Division One head coach who was Latino come in and say, hey, listen, like I'm on board with you guys. I support what you're doing, and, and I'm going to help any way I can. So, so that, that kind of got us motivated. So, so we kept it going, and every year we, we, we grew it. We grew it to the point where uh, this last, last year at the Final Four – we had about 60 coaches attend uh, from all levels, mostly college, but all levels. And we had a, a panel of speakers of of uh, Gloria Navarez, the WCC commissioner, Frank Martin, who obviously is the head coach of South Carolina, Mike Bellato, the head coach of Arkansas State, and Ron Sanchez, who's the head coach at USC Charlotte. And and they spoke and talked about their experiences, and, and it was awesome. It was the best event that we had thrown since we started the, the organization. And I got some young guys now that are helping me out, and man, they're motivated to keep growing this thing. And it's and it's really just taken on a life of its own. Now that we're on social media, uh, it, it, it's really grown dramatically. And and I would encourage any. And this isn't for just for college coaches. I mean, we want Latino coaches of all levels, whether you're a junior high coach, a high school coach, women's basketball, men's basketball, professional, at, at any level, in any part of the world, whether it's Latin America or the United States, Canada. Uh, we want all people involved and, and it's continuing to grow and, and eventually the direction we're going to go is uh, we want to create a membership and with this membership you're going to gain access to our annual uh, Latino Coaches Luncheon at the Final Four but in addition to that you're going to have access to the Latino Basketball Network so you're going to have access to all these group of coaches that are Latino that are a part of our organization and I think that's that, that, that to me that is that, that is priceless and that's going to be valuable because I know there's so many coaches you know, sometimes you're like, well, shoot, like, I don't like, like, I need new ideas. Who can I talk to? I don't really have anybody that I can reach out to. I want to create a platform and, and, and a, 
and and a, and a opportunity for coaches to join this organization and be able to feel comfortable to, to call me or to call the head coach at, at Arkansas State, you know, the head coach at UNC Charlotte, and, and be able to ask for advice, share ideas, and, and really help each other. And then the last part of that 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 that, I wanna, that we're gonna that we're gonna add is is we want to get administrators involved because here's the thing: at the end of the day, administrators are the ones hiring college coaches, and I think it's important that we get Latino administrators to interact and connect with Latino coaches because it, because now it gives us an opportunity to be looked at differently instead of just being a Latino coach. Like, oh, I have a personal relationship with this guy. I like I know not only is he Latino, but man. He's a great coach, and he's the best person for the job, and, and, and that's how you know that's how our business works. It's relationships. So anytime you can create an opportunity for people to connect, get to know each other on a personal level and professional level, and, and earn each other's respect and trust, then it's better for everybody, and it gives us the opportunity to, to advance and grow in the business. So it, it's been, um, you know, it's been a long time coming, but it's it's continuing to grow and it's continuing to 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 expand and. And we're, I'm really excited about the direction of the organization. We got a lot of young coaches that are excited about, about participating, and uh, it's it's really uh, it's this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like we're we're going to start to to really do some special things with the organization, for sure. And I think the 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 floodgates are going to open up, especially if it's if it's um, Latinos across the board and at any level, male, female. I think that's there's there's tons out there, and and there's there's I'm sure there's there's quite a few um, that are listening to the pod. You know, I, I, like I told you earlier, you know, we had Mario Perez. Um, he's the head coach, and he won the city championship. I just had him on the podcast last week. Um, th- next week coming up, um, th- th- this Friday, actually, I have uh, Marcus Alvarado. He's from Texas, and he's been doing, like, a, a, a YouTube uh, coaches dialogue during the quarantine, and he's got some good stuff on YouTube. So, so like... You know, and that's just two guys that I know. But I'm saying, like, they're across the board. You know, you you're saying, you know, you, you started off by saying, how can I make more of an impact beyond this? You know, when you're doing your JL hoops camps, and you, how do I get, you know, how do I broadcast my stuff bigger? And this is the way to do it. I think um, having that membership. I mean, just let me know how I can help support that and how I could broadcast that out. And, and we're we're doing that. You know, that's what I want to do with. With the Shoot the Rock podcast, you know it's it's a it's a basketball podcast, it's a Latino podcast, and and I'm bringing um, prominent Latino uh, players in, in this game and, and players that played in Latino tournaments and players that are you know coaches that are that are in the high school ranks, in the college ranks, anything. If you're involved in basketball, you know um, I want you involved with Shoot the Rock podcast, and I think that's kind of the direction. You know your your avenues are, are are different, but any way that that I can help, you know, support that on, on my avenue. I mean, I'm I'm all for it because that's kind of what we're what we're doing it for, and that's kind of why 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 I'm doing this podcast. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no doubt, Robert. No, I, I and, and you're right on. Like, like here's the thing. Like, we've come so far. Latinos, I think, have come so far when it comes to basketball. Like. Like when you and I were growing up, I mean, I'm both. I'm sure we both remember. Like there was, like, like th- there wasn't too many opportunities. And I think like these podcasts, 
connect and, and, and all these outlets to be able to, to, to get everybody organized and connected. I mean, it's so valuable. It's so valuable. People, it's important for people to be able to share their stories, uh, share what they're doing and, and, and then be able to create synergy between everybody. And Hey, how can we, how can we help each other? How can we connect? Like, how can we continue to, uh, make things easier for the next generation of, of kids who, who have grown up in our community to be able to have opportunities. And, and, uh, and I, I think that's the key is like, how can we be, how can we create that impact for these kids and, and, and like not have to have like for me where it was just total luck, right? Like just happened by, by total luck to be able to be a part of college basketball and, and instead be able to inspire kids and say, Hey, listen, like, like I, I can do that. Like, Oh, if, if, if Robert did it or Jason did it, like I can do that too. And now we can be mentors and guide them and help them so they don't have to make the same mistakes that we made and, and, and maybe make their path a little easier and and, uh, and then and then give them a chance to be successful doing something that they love. Because, I mean, that's that's the best thing about basketball. Like, like the, the, the best thing about basketball is, man, like the experiences and the relationships that I've that I've made. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, it's it, it, that's what makes that's what truly makes basketball so special is um you know is, is is to be a part of something bigger than yourself and and to create friendships that, that last a lifetime and and, and if, if we can pass that along to to our to our youth and, and give them those opportunities then we'll have succeeded and have done something really special for sure and i think you 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 mentioned like how you were lucky and and how by by circumstance you you did this but now that you're in this position for the next kid, it doesn't have to be luck. It can be, I want to be like Lorenzo. I want to be like a Caesar. I want to be like a Issa Silva. I want to be like a Jason Ludwig. I want to be like a Coach Martin. Like, we have to be visible. And, and you know, I'm going to continue to harp this. We have to be visible. But at the same time, we have to, when we are, we do reach those plateaus. Just like you have. And just like all, you know, the guys from Tierra del Sol. In all their communities. And all these things. When we get to that plateau, it's it's taking that look over our shoulder, looking back, and how do we bring everyone else up? You know, and I think you're doing an absolutely amazing job, bro. And I and, and I'm happy I ran into you uh, a couple of weeks ago on, on on Facetime, and then I was like, I got you know, and I see the things that you're doing, and it's like I had to bring you on because that's what you know being a Latino is um, in basketball is is knowing that those those avenues and those those trails weren't there and you're a trailblazer bro um you're 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 heading up all these things that were never there before you know um you have the the pedigree now that that wasn't there you know and you have the blueprint and and you're turning around and you're and you're giving that back so i i appreciate all you've done for uh, basketball all you're doing for Latino basketball and all the you're gonna continue to do for all the Latinos within the basketball ranks, bro. That's that's amazing. No, uh, I, I really appreciate the kind words, man. And uh, you know, it, it, it takes all of us, right? Like, there's no one can do it by themselves. And the more people that we can we can get involved and, and, and get to support what we're doing, the, the better for everybody. So I'm very very grateful to to be able to to be on this to to have this platform to tell my story and, and talk about the th the great things that we're all doing. Well, yeah, uh, in basketball, and uh, and and uh, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for it. For you know, any young coach or any young ball player that that, that needs advice or, or wants to talk, I'm, I'm you know, I, I hit me up on on Instagram or, or Twitter, 
um, be happy to give you my number. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to help in any way that I can. So, again, Robert, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to man, be here today. Man, thank you, Jay. I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where, where you know, it's it's not luck. You know, it's opportunities and, and taking taking hold of those and you've done done that and i appreciate you for coming on to the podcast you know we're always rocking with the best we're on, we're rocking with jason ludwig right here on the podcast i appreciate you for coming through bro this is a great pod um i, I love it i love the the latino basketball coaches association that you got going on and you know as soon as you start doing those online registrations let me know and you know we'll get everyone to sign up bro thank you very much Hey, no, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. All love, all basketball, pura raza. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, yeah we out. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Uh, come from the wood. Yes, you're now rocking with the best. Yeah, yeah we out.